If you would uh, take your Bible or your church app and let's open up to Psalms 37 and uh, I'm going to open up with the first eight verses, but keep your scriptures handy because we'll be making reference to some other verses in these uh, 40 verses in Psalms 37. Psalms 37, and we're going to look at the first eight verses of that uh, scripture. This morning I want to, uh, as we're on this focus about uh, renewal, this morning I want to focus on renewing our commitments and uh, seeing what God has to say to us through this psalm about areas of our life that are very significant about uh, sometimes needing to look at and renewing our commitments spiritually and physically and from a standpoint of what God's Word has to tell us. You know, I've been uh, pastoring this Mother's Day. I'll be uh, 28 years that I've been pastoring and uh, one of the things that uh, I've had some of the most uh, humorous experiences relating to over those 28 years is related to weddings and doing marriages and so forth. And one of the things that came to my mind as I was looking at these scriptures and thinking about renewing our commitments was relating to the commitment of a marriage. And I remember one of the first uh, weddings that I did, uh, we were over in the old sanctuary that's now the fellowship hall, and we were having a fellowship time, we're shaking hands, and there was this uh, young lady that was uh, there, and I went by to shake her hand, and when I shook her hand, she pulled me close to her, and she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, will you marry me? And my response was, I'm sorry, I'm already married. But I knew what she meant because uh, her and uh, her fiance were, uh, were sitting there together and she was really wanting to know if I would do their wedding, which I did do that. But the words out of her mouth was, will you marry me? And so I always had, had a good uh, time. Matter of fact, she has uh, passed that along to her children, how that when she asked me to do their wedding, she made that statement, will you marry me? But I remember another uh, unusual uh, question that I got related to a marriage ceremony was a couple in my in the church asked me if I would do their or do a wedding ceremony for him or marriage ceremony and uh, it kind of caught me off guard and it was a very unusual request and you might be thinking well you've had lots of people ask you to do weddings what was so unusual about this particular one well one thing was they were around 70 years old and I know you're thinking well my goodness, preacher, 70-year-olds get married as well as young people do. The other issue was I thought they were already married. I was confident they were married. Their children with the church here, and they were grown and married and so forth. The thing, what they were really meaning was, would you do our renewal of our wedding vows? But the way that they said it was, would you do our marriage ceremony? And I think they thought I already knew they were planning to do a renewal. They had been married for 50 years, and so they wanted to do a renewal of their vows. But the way that they asked kind of caught me off guard. But what they wanted to do was go back and renew, even though they'd been married for 50 years, they wanted to keep that, uh, that marriage and that commitment faithful. And so they wanted to go renew their commitments to each other. They wanted to go back and refresh their marriage. And I thought it was awesome. It was a great thing to be a part of. Well, as we look at these scriptures in Psalms 37, the psalmist has given us some key areas that we need to consider our commitments as Christians and where we are and the essentials that we need to look at of reminding ourselves about no matter what age we are or what stage of life we are in, there's areas that we need to renew our commitments and our walk with the Lord. So let's look at this at Psalms 37, and I'm going to look at the first eight verses. And as I mentioned, I'll go back and mention some of the others as we go along. But here's what it says as I read this in the New King James. It says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. 
For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And this verse 5 is kind of the pivotal verse for us in this message. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Now, in understanding that particular part of that verse, the word commit and the wording that was used in the Hebrew language in its clearest translation meant to roll over something. Some of you may have had retirements that you've rolled over from one area of retirement to another. Some of you may have some other things that you've rolled something over. And so when it says commit, it's talking about taking something that has been at some phase in your life, but you're rolling it over to another phase. And it says, commit your way to the Lord. And the way, the word way there that was used kind of means a journey. So if we put it into the context of what the psalmist is trying to say to us, he's saying, as you're going through your journey through life, look at where you are right now and roll over your journey into the Lord's hands. So he says in verse five, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. But cease from anger and forsake wrath and do not fret. It only causes harm. Now, as we look at these scriptures, there's some things that I believe that the psalmist would be kind of telling us to look at our actions And as we renew our commitments from a Christian standpoint, we need to kind of look, I said actions, but I mean our attitude. We need to look at our attitude about how that we are approaching life and see if we need to renew our commitments in the way that we think and the way that we're responding to things, our our attitude about life. And so I think that the very first thing that he's reminding us is stress less. Now, you may be thinking, well, what does stress less have to do with our Christian commitments? When you and I give our heart to the Lord, we take a whole different perspective about life and our, and our attitude about life should be totally different. And one of the things that's clear through the Bible is that as Christians, we should be not worrying and getting angry and upset and fretting about things, but we should be stressed less. You know why? Because it's not all about us. It's all about God and Him working in our lives. And so I believe that one of the things that we need to do in renewing our commitments and our Christian walk and our walk with the Lord is looking at our attitude and asking ourselves, am I getting kind of stressed or worried or angry or frustrating or fretting about things? Am I at a point in my life that maybe I need to look at my attitude and kind of stress less? Now here's something I want everybody to do, if you will, if you don't mind humor me here take a deep breath and let it out I have an eye watch that I wear and it vibrates when certain things happen like where I get a text or an email or different things and and sometimes it'll it'll vibrate and I look down and it'll say breathe and usually when I'm looking at that I'm thinking does it know I'm getting stressed And that I need to stress less. And it'll usually tell you that just a minute of breathing can kind of relax you in the day. 
Well, the psalmist is telling us in this verse 1, verse 7, and even in verse 8, it says the word fret not. And when we think about fret, typically in today's setting, if we hear that word, which we don't hear it a lot, but if we hear that word fret, we usually think of don't worry. Fret not. Don't worry about things. And as we look through this entire Psalms, it's very clear that, that the writer of Psalms is addressing an issue of being worried and concerned about things, especially as it relates to finances. But the word that was used for fret there means to become red or angry. And so as it's talking about fret, it's talking about things that stress us and flare us up and cause us to maybe worry about things or become angry about things. And so the psalmist is telling us in this verse 1, 7 and verse 8 and a few other areas that sometimes we need to look at our own personal life and see where we are in our attitude about being stressful. Just taking a poll of the audience. You know, sometimes you take polls by asking people to respond with a word or answer a question. Sometimes you can just look at the audience and see by the smiles or the frowns on people where they are. So I'm taking a poll of the audience right now to see who is in that state of being stressed out, worried, frustrated, kind of turning red with things that are hitting your life. And so the psalmist is telling us, if we're going to walk in the Christian walk and walk with the Lord, if we've given our lives to the Lord and we're walking in a sense of Him and trusting Him, we need to stress less. So if that's kind of hits you where you are this morning, why don't you just take a moment and renew your commitment. Lord, I know I've been kind of stressed, fretting, worried, frustrated, irritated, angry about some things. But Lord, today I'm taking a deep spiritual breath and letting the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit come inside of me because I can't do it myself. Have you ever wanted to kind of stress less, but you're thinking, I just can't do it. I've not only done that, but I've been with other people. I say, just, you know, take a deep breath and just try to relax. I want to, but I can't do it. That's right, you can't. But you can if you take a breath of spiritual breath and let God fill you with his spirit. And know that you're just going to leave things in his hands. So renewing our commitment about our attitude is to stress less. But if we look down to verse 3, we see another phase. It's not only about stress less, but trust more. They go kind of hand in hand. They're like, kind of like peanut butter and jelly. When you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, they kind of come together and make one. And so the Bible's telling us to trust more. And if you look at that verse 3 as the psalmist is speaking, he makes the statement, trust in the Lord and do good. You go down to verse 5, he says, trust also in him. And so the Bible is letting us know very clearly that if we're really going to walk in a fresh walk with the Lord as a Christian, we need not only to stress less, but we need to trust more. And you notice in that scripture, it talks about the Lord's faithfulness in some of those verses that mentions about trusting the Lord. And that's kind of a reminder to us that to trust the Lord, sometimes we need to reflect on how God has been faithful to us. And have you ever noticed that when things are not going the greatest, we forget about what God has done in the past? We forget about his faithfulness. Matter of fact, the scriptures that not only uh, kind of lets us know that we do that, but if we can look at the walk of the Christian, I mean of the Israelites as they walk through the uh, Old Testament, I don't know if you've been like me, but I think, man, how quickly they forget. I mean, God has done things for them over and over, and then they come to a moment, and then it's like, wah, wah, wah. God, why is God doing this? 
and they've forgotten all about God's faithfulness. And when you look at that, then it's very clear why God was all the time telling the children of Israel, stack some stones here as a memorial. Do this as a memorial. He was all the time putting out something visual because he knew as human beings how quickly we forget about God's faithfulness and his provisions for us. And so he would all the time tell them to do things, write it down or make some type of figure of some sort, make some type of marker so that they would remember that God has been faithful. Why is that important? Because when you come to a moment, a moment in your life, a stage of life where it seems like God's not answering prayer or God's not meeting a need in your life, you in that moment can think, God's just, God just don't care about me. But if you can look back, that's the reason I tell you that in my prayer list, I, I put PTL when God answers a prayer because it's those markers for Brett Yeager who could quickly forget when he's in a moment of struggle in his life, God has been faithful. And so when I look back at that prayer list and I see PTL, I'm thinking, God answered that prayer. He answered that prayer. Oh, wow, man, I still am amazed God did this in this situation. So that I would remember his faithfulness and to remember to walk with the Lord and trust him and to know he's going to take care of everything. So the psalmist is reminding us, renew your attitude, stress less, trust more. And then he reminds us to surrender, surrender completely. In verse four, it uses the word delight. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of, of your heart. And when we read that translation, we kind of look at it many times as just be joyful about the Lord and he'll give you everything you want. That's kind of the way we translate that sometimes. Delight yourself in the Lord. I feel good about God. And he's gonna give me everything that I want. Even some prosperity preachers will preach from that perspective. But that word delight in the Hebrew language actually carries the meaning of becoming pliable like clay. So when it says delight yourself in the Lord, it's saying get yourself kind of relaxed in the Lord's hands. Make yourself like clay in the potter's hands and let him shape and mold your life and then he will give you the desires of your heart. So it's not saying, man, I'm just happy about Jesus, happy about God. Just give me what I want. But it's saying, I want to surrender myself to the Lord completely. Make myself like clay in his hands. Let him mold and make my life. And as I allow him to do that, and I rejoice and I'm happy about what God's doing in my life, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. And if you do that, the desires of your heart usually change a little bit. Because you have surrendered yourself to what God's plan. So don't take that scripture and distort it and say, I'm just going to be happy about Jesus and he's going to give me everything I want. But understand it's talking about surrendering completely. Just letting him mold and make your life. And when your attitude is not about, I want what God can give me, but what I can give God. You know, there was a famous president by the name of Kennedy that made this statement that has been carried on Ever since he made it, it says, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. How many of you remember that statement by John F. Kennedy? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Surrendering all is don't ask God what he can do for you, but ask God what you can do for him. That's surrendering completely. So stress less, trust more. Surrender completely and then just rest patiently. Some of you, when I said rest patiently, you're, you're probably doing this. 
Are you about through this message? Rest patiently doesn't fit in your vocabulary too well. But the verse seven tells us about resting and the expression there of rest and patiently kind of goes together because it talks about really an expression of pause your actions for just a moment. Have you ever had, as adults have you, that have children, have you ever had a moment where you got kind of just grabbed hold of your kids and said, just stop. Just sit here for just a moment and listen. That's kind of what the psalmist is trying to get across. It's kind of like the psalmist is saying, there are moments in our life, if we're truly committed to the Lord, we'll just pause for a moment and listen for his voice patiently and let him give us guidance of where we need to go, what we need to do, and let him be in total leadership of our life. So the psalmist has given us in these scriptures about renewing our attitude about life. And I like it. I don't know about you. I like stress less, trust more, surrender completely. And rest patiently. But he also reminds us of some things that we need to renew about our actions. It's not only about an attitude. If you'll notice about stressing less, trusting more, surrendering completely, resting patiently. They're all about our attitude. How our mind is thinking and how our mind thinks in relation to where we are in our relationship with the Lord and our commitment to Him. Because if you're truly not in a a right relationship with the Lord and you're not truly committed to Him, you're going to be stressful because you feel like, I've got to do something. You can't trust Him because you feel like things are not happening fast enough when you're wanting it to happen. You're not going to surrender completely because you've got things to do and places to go. And so to rest patiently is out of the picture. But when you commit your life to the Lord and you commit your attitude, you can stress less, trust more, surrender completely, and rest patiently. I just love that. I may go home and just recite that a few times. Stress less, trust more, surrender completely, and rest patiently. So don't wake me up, Joyce. But there's also the renewing of our commitment that has to do with our actions. And I gave those, I believe that the psalmist not only gave us kind of those in an order like that, although they're kind of mingled throughout the scripture, but you can't get your actions right till you get your attitude right. Have you ever noticed that? It doesn't matter whether it's just life in general or if it's spiritually. You're not going to get your actions right till you get your attitude right. So let's look at a few things that the Lord tells us about renewing our commitment. Remember, we're talking about renewing our commitments in our Christian walk, okay? This may surprise some of you, but one of the areas that maybe we need to look at about renewing our commitment is our calendar. You know, our calendar tells a lot about us, doesn't it? Tells where our priorities are. Tells what we really see is significant, where we're going to place our time. A few Wednesdays ago, I was uh, preaching about prayer. And I made the statement about that when it comes to your prayer life, You need to put it on your calendar. Now, some of you may have heard the expression before as in a good marriage relationship, if you're going to have a good marriage relationship, you and your spouse need to have a date night. And you're not going to have a consistent date night until you kind of plan it on your calendar. The same way it is in your prayer life. You're not going to be consistent and keep a priority until you have prayer on your calendar. All my staff knows and many of the church knows that my prayer time is, when I'm here during the week, is at 8.15 to 9.15. That's my prayer time. 
It's on a calendar. So our calendar reflects a lot about us and where we are. Now in the scriptures in verse 23, it says that the Lord orders or establishes the steps of our life of a good man. And when he uses that expression of a good man, it's talking about, it uses the expression of good and upright throughout this psalm. And it's talking about someone who has made their commitment to the Lord. So when you make your commitment to the Lord and you renew your commitment to the Lord, then you're allowing the Lord to establish or order or place the steps of your life, your daily activities and the days of your life. So if you're renewing your commitment, maybe you need to pull out your calendar, whether you keep your calendar on your phone, whether you keep your calendar on paper, how many of you keep a paper calendar? Raise your hand. All right, put your hands down. Who all keeps a digital calendar? Raise your hand. About half and half. Pretty good. And those of you who are on paper, sometimes when you transition from paper to digital, it can be a little confusing. I, I did that in keeping my notes and stuff. I used to, you know, always write out my notes. And then I started keeping things digitally. I type them out, keep them on my tablet, my phone, and so forth. And then when I one time was trying to write some notes, I was writing something. And, you know, when you keep stuff digitally, if you misspell it, it corrects it for you. I was writing out some stuff one day on paper, and I wrote a word, and I wasn't sure if I spelled it right, and I kind of paused to see for it to correct. So your brain gets a little messed up occasionally. But our calendar reflects where we are in our commitment to the Lord and allow Him to guide and plan the days of our life. And so if you need to renew your commitment to the Lord and your actions... <clears throat> then whatever form of calendar you keep, <clears throat> whether it's a paper calendar or whether it's a digital calendar, look at it and see where your priorities are and whether you're really placing a commitment to the things of God. <clears throat> Another area... Another area is not only our calendar to where we allow the Lord to establish our steps or place the order of our activities, but also our finances. Matter of fact, if you read through all 40 verses of this Psalms 37, you'll see the wording that relates to finances over and over about prosperity and <clears throat> blessings and the future and so forth. So this psalm has, for some reason, has this central thread that relates to finances. Matter of fact, when it talked about fret not the prosperity of those who do evil. And so the area of finance was something that was obviously on the psalmist's mind and, and looking at others and where they prospered and whether, whether him serving the Lord was prospering him and doing him any good. And most, the reality is that probably most people <clears throat> at some point in their life struggle with finances. Now, sometimes we look at people and we're thinking they got a nice car, they got a nice house, they got a nice job, and so everything has been perfect for them. And there are some people that kind of just start out life with some prosperity from their family and so forth, but the truth is majority of people struggle at some point in their finances. And the psalmist is revealing a struggle with finances as he's looking at those around him and apparently uh, struggling in his own personal life. But he makes the statement about that uh, prosperity and those struggles as looking to the Lord. And he made the statement in those latter verses about that he had not seen those who were the children of God begging for bread. It was a reminder that in our finances, it goes back to that trust attitude. That when it comes to our finances, we just got to put them in the Lord's hands and trust him. 
And a lot of times when it comes to finances, it's one of the areas that people take action on themselves without the Lord. And I found that when we take actions ourselves without trusting the Lord, we usually take the wrong actions and we struggle more. And so the best thing we can do with our finances is do what the psalmist is revealing to us, and that is not stress, stress less, but trust more. And let the Lord establish your steps and do what the Lord has given you or given to his word about where our finances will be. And when we do that, then the Lord blesses us instead of causing us to beg. So it's not only our calendar, but it's our finances, also our careers, what we do for, matter of fact, in this Psalm, if you read verses 35 through 38, it talks a lot about the power of the wicked and the future of the wicked, but it comes to this conclusion that those who are walking upright with the Lord, their future will have peace, but the wicked will be cut off. As a reminder, you know, when you look at the future, it's always a reflection of our careers and what we're doing to support and supply for our life and for our family. And the Lord has promised that the future for those who are walking upright and trusting in him and delighting in his ways, they will find peace. So when it comes to your careers, have you committed that to the Lord? You know, all of us grow up, we have dreams in our minds of what we want to do. And as I was a little kid, I remember early playing different sports and uh, doing different things, I thought, man, I'm going to grow up and be a professional baseball player. Anybody was going to grow up and be a professional baseball player? Yeah. We have different things, professional football players, professional basketball players, professional this, professional that. But as we go along, sometimes those things change and we have other ideas and other plans. But the truth is when we surrender our careers to the Lord and let him plan out our future, that's where the blessings and the peace comes from. And so when you look at your careers, your actions need to reflect that you're trusting in the Lord and allowing him to guide your future. And then I'll give you a last thing. Renewing our commitments about our actions is our families. In verses 25 and 26, the scripture talks about our descendants in the future. And so the scriptures are reflecting about those who make up our families now and in the future. And it's reminding us that if we're walking with the Lord, sometimes we need to look at where we're leading our families and how we're interacting with our families and the future of our families and whether we're leading them in the direction that we are totally surrendered to the Lord. And it may be that There may be some today that maybe you need to renew your commitment to your spouse. Maybe you need to take a close look at where your commitment is to your children. And I'm not talking about just providing financially for them, but where you're spending time with them and doing the things that mow their life. There's a scripture in the Bible that we many times just think about our own personal self, and it talks about the rich man and how that uh, he was gaining more. So he said, what am I gonna do? He said, I'm gonna tear down my barns and build bigger barns so I can store up more for myself. And then the Lord said how foolish he was and made the statement, what if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? That has carried off in my mind, not only for a individual person, but how they lead their family. What if you give your family all kinds of stuff, cars, clothes, material things, but you don't lead them to a right relationship with the Lord? What if they grow up and they've got everything materially, but they lose their soul? What will you have gained? What will they have gained? They would have lost it all. 
So maybe we need to take a close look at where our commitments are to our families. So as I look at this psalm, the psalmist is telling us not only to stress less, trust more, surrender completely and rest patiently in our attitude, but he's telling us also we need to renew our commitments in our actions. And that is take a close look at your calendar and where you're spending your time. Look at your finances and how you're handling it. Look at your careers and where your future is leading. Look at your families and what's really important and what you're doing to impact them. I want to ask you to bow your heads as they come to get a song ready this morning. Is it time today that maybe you need to renew some commitments in your own personal life? As we were looking at this, I made the statement that these things are reflecting where we are as Christians and where our priorities are and what really is important to us. And it all begins with our attitude. If we don't have our attitude right with the Lord, then our actions are not going to be right as well. And I believe with all my heart, matter of fact, when the Lord led me, led me to this psalm, I, as I began to study it, I began to see kind of some other things that I thought, well, maybe I'm a little confused on this. And then suddenly, the Lord just began to flow and, and lead me to the things about our attitudes and our actions that we need to renew our commitments. And I knew without a shadow of doubt that God was going to be speaking to some hearts today about where you are in your life. And so if God has spoken to you this morning, don't leave here the same as that you left. It may be that just today is the beginning of making a renewal of your commitment about some attitudes in your life. Or maybe it's renewing some commitments about what your actions are gonna be. Maybe as we've even talked about the calendar, your calendar doesn't have much about God in it. Maybe your finances has been all about what you, decisions you've been made instead of what God's word tells you to do. Maybe the things about your career and your family have been focused more around you and what you think that you need to provide instead of what God's word tells us is the most important. So what do you need to renew today? I know without a shadow of doubt that God had a plan to meet with somebody today about renewing some commitments in your life. So I'm asking you right now, I'm not going to ask you in any particular areas. I'm just asking you to open your heart and your mind to say, God, what is it I need to renew in my attitude and my actions to really get my commitment to you where it needs to be? And I want to leave you with this one thing. As I read through all these 40 verses and there were a variety of things that kind of wove in and out, there was one central thing that was true throughout every one of these verses, and that is about the person who is walking with the Lord, who is trusting him that is walking upright, having faith in the Lord, and doing what is right. And so their central thread is when you get your relationship with the Lord right, those other things are going to fall in place. So I invite you this morning, wherever you are, just to come and renew your commitment to the Lord. And just surrender whatever area it is that you've been holding back or you've been hindered in some way, that you just surrender it to him. Lord, I come to you a little unusual today. I, I feel a compelling to maybe ask if somebody needs to be saved or somebody needs prayer. But Lord, you just seem to be telling me, don't ask for any show of hands. Don't even ask for a prayer, but just ask for a commitment, a renewed commitment. So God, we would just surrender this service to you to this invitation for every person to just meet with you where they are and just renew their commitments to you. And God, see if you won't give them a blessed life and a future that has peace.
And Lord, we're gonna thank you for all you do. Amen.